friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So for everyone who's listening, we have Ann Bogle here from ModernMrsDarcy.com, and Anne was one of the very first guests of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. And Anne, I just have to say, I still, like Sarah and I both look back on you saying yes to that interview and we're like, Anne was our very first like big person that said yes (laughs) to us. Okay, that is hysterical. Also, God bless the people with low standards. So thank you for that. (laughs) It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. We had a great time. And yeah, it's just been great watching you continue to grow online and just following everything you're doing. So, you know, by the way, you've written an awesome book called Reading People. And I'd love to just chat about that more. I'm also kind of a personality nerd. I don't know if that's a trait of of people who like feel that they're not understood. Do you feel that way sometimes? That's really funny. You know, it is true that in some of the frameworks, there are specific types that do really tend to get into the personality stuff way more than others. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I am one of those. And you probably are too. Yeah. And well, okay. And what's interesting too is I sometimes test as an INFP, which I know is your Myers-Briggs type, but... I still, I'm, I'm trying to dig into that, the cognitive frameworks chapter and really nail things. I thought that was insanely helpful, which, okay, so that I feel like I'm, I'm just digging in here. That's something that I would love for you to share with everyone listening, which is like if, if someone is brand new to personality and getting to know themselves or getting to know the people around them, what framework do you recommend they start with? Oh, okay. That sounds like a really simple question, but my answer is a big fat. It depends because because there are so many different personality frameworks out there. And even now, like even talking about, well, what do you mean when you say personality? The answer is also, it depends. But in the book, I do unpack seven popular personality frameworks and they were the ones that made a really big difference to me. So I already stacked the deck, but I would really recommend for readers who are intrigued by something like Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram, but they really don't know anything else, probably introversion and extroversion would be an excellent starting point. It's So that is a personality category that one psychologist referred to as the north and south of temperament because it made it makes such a big difference in how you understand yourself and how you relate to others. That would be a fantastic place to start. Oh, that's that's a great point too in terms of the north and south of how you relate to others. And this is what, where, Anne, I always get a little confused because people tend to think I'm an extrovert, but I think of myself as an introvert. And even after reading <laughs> that chapter and most of your book, I'm, I still, yeah, I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to keep digging in. But I, I, I love what you say there in terms of the temperaments and it's, it, it really affects how you relate to the world. I mean, it's, 
are you thinking about other people and enjoying being around other people? Or are you, do you have this entire inner world and life that feels in a lot of cases more real to you <laughs> than everything else? <laughs> well, yes. And it is confusing because every, oh, what's the word I want? Every mentally healthy human being does both many times throughout the day. It's it's just a question of which is your home base. So yeah, it is confusing because you do. I mean, if you're monitoring your own behavior, you will catch yourself doing both at every hour of the day. But which one is home base to you? Which one is most comfortable? That's how you determine your your true type. That makes sense. Okay. So I know I kind of jumped in, <laughs> jumped right in on the personality stuff. But if we take a step back, I'd love to hear uh, more about what inspired you to write this book? Sure. Well, I am a longtime personality geek. And by that, I mean that those inane quizzes that come scrolling through your Facebook feed that say like, which, which Ryan Reynolds character is your soulmate? Which salts or water best expresses your personality? And that's, I mean, those are, those are honest to goodness, real quizzes. Which Harry Potter character are you? Which is your favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day, depending on your personality type? Like, I can't resist those. But even on a more serious, not social media level, like I've always been intrigued by the tools that help us better understand ourselves. So flash forward like 25 years from when I first discovered these personality frameworks and kind of fell in love with them. And I was talking to a friend. And he said, okay, I know you're a Myers-Briggs junkie and I think I'm this type and I think it means that, but I'd like to read more. And is there a good book that's like a nice, you know, like I already kind of know the basics, but I don't like, I don't want to go back to graduate school in psychology. Like I, I want to know a healthy medium amount of more without feeling like I'm reading a graduate level textbook. Like tell me a book I should read. I'm like, oh, that's such a great idea. I totally get where you're coming from. And I got nothing for you. Like that book just <laughs> isn't there. So in those conversations, not just about Myers-Briggs, about the Enneagram and about the Strengths Finder and about the love languages, in our conversations, we really realized that there wasn't anything good out there for the person who was interested, but who didn't want to devote years of their life to, to diving into one personality framework and then the next personality framework to see, I mean, that kind of like throwing darts at a wall, like, well, which one is really going to resonate with me? There wasn't a book that really made it easy and put them all together in one place and gave you a nice overview that wasn't simplistic, but was easy to grasp. And that was the beginning of the idea that became reading people. And you absolutely nailed all of those things <laughs> you just discussed. And I have to say too, so my mom was recently visiting me in San Diego and she saw your book sitting out and she devoured it in goodness, I don't know how fast. She's a fast reader. And then she, I had some other personality books around and she devoured all of those and then took one of those home with her. And yeah, because I, I, it's just, it is such a great overview of so many key frameworks instead of just focusing on one because yeah I don't think there's one personality framework that's the be-all end-all that explains everything for everyone so yeah I love that yeah for sure so and I a lot of people object to to the different frameworks and by frameworks I do mean something like 
the Myers-Briggs type indicator, or are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? And some people say like, whoa, 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 don't put me in a box. And that is absolutely not the idea here. So it's also true that none of these frameworks like capture the truth about who you are as a person. But so many people, and I'm definitely one of them, have found that these frameworks, like each individually on their own, independent of the others, can say something true about who you are as a person and how you approach the world and how you see yourself and how you're inclined to interact with others. And it sounds like it would be super easy to know yourself. Like you are in your own head for many, many hours a day. So you should know yourself best of all, right? But actually getting good self-knowledge is really, really hard. So any tool that can help you see yourself clearly and see others clearly in turn, I am on board for. So Yeah, that is what I really like about these frameworks is how they can each capture something true about you. And that may be only a tiny sliver of all that is true about you. But when it comes to knowing ourselves, we will take what we can get. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, let's talk to... talk to some of the skeptics out there I'm thinking actually off the top of my head my husband is someone who (laughs) (laughs) he rolls his eyes at all of the personality frameworks I'm constantly having him take the test because I want to know him better I want him to know me better (laughs) and he always says to me I'm the personality type that doesn't care about personality types whatever that one is that's me So I want to, I would love to hear from you, maybe some tangible examples. I know you give a ton in the book, but for all the skeptics out there that are thinking, this isn't going to be helpful to me. This isn't going to apply to my life. What are those examples where knowing yourself and knowing how to read others just makes such a big difference? Oh, I think just starting with the very, very basics. And I don't want to, I don't know. I don't feel like I need to win anybody over. If this appeals to you, great. And if not, like this is not my one crusade in life. But I do think that if that those who have had an experience where they've understood something about themselves with the help of a personality framework that has truly transformed the way they see themselves or somebody they love or live with or work with and the situation they're in, then that does tend to make a believer out of you. I think even starting with the very basics, like my husband and I had and have a child who is a rather extreme personality, not in general, but according to one of the frameworks in the book. Because again, like each framework just captures a portion of who you are, but an important portion of who you are. And for some personality types, it's it's not fair or accurate to label a person when they're still a child or when they're still a young adult. You have to wait until they are absolutely an adult, like 25, 30 years old to confidently allow them to label themselves a certain type because the frameworks in some, in some cases are meant to apply to adults. But, but some of them do capture who we are from a very early age. And once we were able to identify that one of our children was, and this is a highly sensitive person in the book, I think it's chapter five, too hot to handle. It revolutionized the way that we understood what this child needed and how that child experienced the world. A highly sensitive person, if you're not acquainted with the term, is from Elaine Aaron. She's a psychologist. And her research uncovered that 15 to 20% of the population, and it's not just humans, it applies to your puppy and your kitten 
and your pet fish and the squirrels like scavenging for nuts in your backyard, like 15 to 20% of species are highly sensitive. And it doesn't mean they're touchy or emotional or prone to tears. It means their nervous systems are more finely calibrated than that of the individual. And she says things like, obviously evolutionary, it makes sense to have some individuals who are very finely attuned to what's going on. Like, is there prey coming? That's where she goes with it. But if, if everybody was like that, we'd all lose our minds. That's what Elaine Aaron says. But what this means is if you are a new parent and you have a child who is losing their minds about the seams of their socks or meeting strangers or loud music playing at the mall, you'd be thinking like, what is wrong with you? Get over it, kid. This doesn't bother me. And it's true. If you're not highly sensitive, it doesn't bother you. But for your child with the highly tuned nervous system, they are going absolutely ballistic. And for many people who are inclined to think like, oh, I don't need a four-letter code to tell me who I am, they could previously have been baffled by this behavior in someone they love but do not understand. They think they're making it up or being totally ridiculous. And when you understand, no, this is a real thing. It has a label. This is its causes. And this is what we can do about it. It totally changes everything about the world we live in. And now that I've told you all that, I don't think it's really fair to call this a personality type. Although the personality types I do talk about in the book are, generally speaking, hardwired physiological things about ourselves that we cannot change. And that is true about high sensitivity as well. But it does capture something more neurological than most of the personality frameworks do. But once you see the difference it can make in your life with something like that, like I had this problem, I didn't know what it was, but it was a serious issue, but now I understand and I can do something about it, that makes a believer out of skeptics. Oh, that is so true. And as I was reading the book, and I have to say, I immediately thought, I need to get Holden, who he just turned seven. <laughs> I'm like, I need to find some personality tests for him because, you know, Chris and I do feel that need to understand him better. And I think, yeah, I think that would make a big difference. And you know what? I had another revelation reading about highly sensitive people. I think I... I don't know why I never made the connection before, but as soon as you started mentioning the itchy clothing as a child, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Did you start squirming in your seat? Yes. I Well, and this is hilarious. I probably shouldn't share this on a podcast, but I totally will. Whatever. I'm an open book. Okay, so every Sunday after church, I would rip my tights off in the car. The minute... (laughs) I got in the car. I could not stand to wear them. It mortified my older brother, (laughs) but I just couldn't do it. And I had strange things with like music needing to be turned off at certain times. And yeah, I... (laughs) I mean, maybe you just thought those tights were ugly, but yes, that that could be a true thing. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I think you're exactly right that you'll be a personality believer when you when you have that experience of realizing that it helps you understand and care for, I mean, really love people in your life better. Yeah. Well, and it's heartbreaking sometimes the emails I get from people that say, uh, because I have been blogging about this for many years. So, which means that I get emails from strangers that say things like, oh my goodness, I thought I like I'm married and I have a couple kids and I thought I was not cut out for family life. And, but then I found out that high sensitivity was a thing and that it describes me. And it turns out that if I just tell everybody, don't talk to me at the same time while I'm making dinner and then go read my book for half an hour, 
I, I can live in peace and love and harmony with my family. And so it's kind of amazing to get those emails because people are writing me from the other side like, oh, I discovered this and I'm really satisfied. But if you think about the before, it's so heartbreaking to think like, oh, they thought that maybe they needed to go live in a monastery by themselves. <laughs> yeah. That is really sad. Yeah, that's true. And I – okay, yeah. I'm uh, – all these light bulbs, Anne, because you're right. It's a lot harder to know ourselves than we realize because I totally will sneak away on occasion <laughs> to just have that quiet, you know, away from – all the boys in my family and their noise. Which is totally, I mean, I don't think that's unreasonable because you live inside your head and I live inside mine Mm -hmm. and our experience seems 100% normative to us, but we don't know what it's like to, to live as another person. We don't know the breadth of experiences and we don't know that we're part of, like I'm a highly sensitive person and let's say you are too. Like we don't know that we're part of the minority, 15 to 20%, and that everybody else is a lot more chill about things or about at least sensory input than we tend to be. And not knowing that information makes you look around and go, how come everybody else doesn't seem to be losing their marbles right now? Yeah. Like, so what, what, what am I not doing that I can't cope that's true. Yeah. It makes you feel like, oh, I'm, I must be such a weirdo. Like, I don't like amusement parks. What's wrong with me? Or, you know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> or it makes you feel touchy or yeah. needy or just, you know, completely inadequate. No big thing. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So speaking of personality, you know, we are on Brilliant Business Moms. <laughs> so I'd love to hear maybe some of the ways that being more aware of your personality has affected how you how you run your business. I know you have some people that work for you as well. How does that affect how you lead employees or a team? It means that my team is all J types. And I don't, I don't mean that like as a that was something I consciously set out to do. I didn't say like, oh, we'll only hire certain personality types. But because of the tools of these personality frameworks, I am a little more aware, to be fair, probably a lot more aware of where I am strong and where I am really, really weak and need shoring up. So I am excellent at ideas. I'm really, really good at ideas and I am not so good on the follow through. I am not super detail oriented and I'm really not much of a strategic planner. Logistics make me want to curl up in the corner and weep. So not because I actually plotted out like, well, what different personality people do I need to come on my team? But, but it was very obvious to me, like I need people who are, who excel at organizing. I need people who embrace logistical planning. So very naturally, I brought people on my team who are very different personalities than myself. And it has been nothing but fabulous. Ah, I love that. Okay. So another area where I feel like personality can make a big difference in someone's life is how they manage their time and how they plan things out. What would you say in terms of your personality, how does that affect the way you plan, how you manage your days? Well, it makes a really big difference, not because I'm constantly sitting down and thinking, well, based on my personality, what do (laughs) I do next? But I do have this background awareness of what I tend to do if I let myself run unchecked. 
there's a psychologist whose name is David Eagleman who he's, who says really funny things about when we when one part of ourselves tells another part of ourselves to do a certain thing, like who is talking to who? So I'm always very aware of that in these situations. But when when my impulsive self is unchecked, like I love to take on new projects and start new things and imagine executing a lot of new ideas. If if my natural default unchecked self had her way, I think I'd have seven podcasts by now and 19 <laughs> blogs and 104 books. Like I just, I, I get carried away with that kind of thing. But knowing that as the person I am, that's how I'm likely to run off the rails. I'll bite off more than I can chew. I'll take off more than one person can legitimately handle. More than like 10 people could probably comfortably handle. It just helps me. It's like this background operating system running in the back of my mind going, we see that you're trying to do that again, but but let's simmer down a little bit. And it's really helpful to keep myself from not making myself crazy. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. And I am also in the same boat <laughs> with too many ideas. And I think, you know what, I'm not even sure like the Myers-Briggs type of everyone on my team, but they are all quite good at politely reining me in and asking like, which one is the top priority or which one do we think realistically we can do in this season of life and business? And yeah, right, right, right. Very helpful. And you know, I kind of had like Myers-Briggs and Strength StrengthsFinder and very happy frameworks in my mind when I said that, but also in a more, I mean, cause that sounds kind of adorable. Like, Oh, she just wants to do new things all the time. Like that sounds really fun and perky, but also being aware of how I mean, personality is not always like sunny and bright and aren't you wonderful and a special little snowflake. Cause I'm an INFP. I think everybody is a special snowflake, but still one of the things that things that is really helpful in knowing more about your personality is knowing the darker side of where you're inclined to go wrong. So thinking more about the Enneagram for a second, knowing about my personality helps me really evaluate my motive sometimes. And if I'm inclined to take on something new, sometimes it's because new ideas are really fun, but also knowing what I do know about my personality that I've learned through these personality frameworks I talk about in reading people helps me evaluate, is that really the right thing for me? Who am I actually trying to make happy? And is that healthy? Like, am I acting out of a positive place or am I acting out of a needy place or a fearful place or an insecure place? And those aren't always emotions you really want to sit with because they're not comfortable. However, you can say, well, forget you. I can save myself so much misery by pausing for a second and going, hold on here, like in my personal life or in my business, like I'm getting ready to do this thing, whatever this thing is, like why? And is it a good reason? So that's not like sunshine, happy thoughts to be sitting with about yourself, but they're really important and make it just stopping to think about the darker side of why am I doing what I'm doing has really helped me make wiser decisions in the long run. I think that's great advice. Yeah. We should all dig a little deeper, even though my husband argues against it. 
<laughs> you should argue, or I argue for digging a little deeper and figuring out the reasons behind why we're doing things. And which, yeah, speaking of that, he he'll say to me sometimes, Bethian, I feel like you're reading so much into this. I just did this thing. Like there is nothing <laughs> to read into. So yeah, personality types at work there for sure. <laughs> You know, sometimes I feel like I need a little less Bethann and a little more Bethann's husband in my mental brain balance, <laughs> but it is really helpful to see that those are two very distinct ways of seeing the world, and it's really helpful. I mean, I so I tend to be like you, like excel to a fault sometimes at seeing the fine delineations and how we could view a certain situation, and other people are like, well, it's this or it's that. Let's not overthink it. And it's really good to know that both are absolutely valid ways of seeing the world and that different kinds of people are inclined to be one one type or the other. And there's nothing bad about that until you bring them together into a room and tell them to make a decision. And if they don't have any understanding that the other person sees the world totally differently than they do, that they could not be happy when they walk out that door. Oh, that is so true. <laughs> I love, yeah, exactly. Until they need to, they're put in a room and they have to make a decision together. Oh man. Well, Anne, this has been so much fun digging into personality, talking about your book, reading people. As we wrap up, we love to ask this question of every mompreneur that comes on the show. Uh, do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment that you could share? My kids are getting so old now. I don't share a lot of funny mom moments on them anymore. Because you know, it's one thing when they're like 18 months old and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, I said this word wrong. We were just <laughs> reminiscing the other night at dinner about how my daughter used to say bellbows instead of elbows. And we were so sad when she stopped. Aww, that's really but cute. I did overhear my daughter talking to a friend the other day. You know, I'm a huge reader. I'm a giant book nerd. And I heard her telling a friend like, I could tell she was giving her a sales pitch for a book she just read that she didn't want to read, but she had to for school. And then she ended up loving it, which made me really happy. I'm like, oh, go teach her. Like encouraging my, my kids to branch out. But I heard, I heard my kids say to their friend, like, I wish you'd read it because I really want someone to talk to about this book. <gasps> I was like, oh, yes. Oh. We're doing it right. That is really at least in this small, small area for nailing it as parents. Yes. Oh, I'm sure you're you're nailing it as parents in more than just that area. You're sweet. I'm gonna make that a ma magnet and put it on my fridge. <laughs> oh, that is that is really cute. That would that'd be like if Holden was encouraging your friend to start a business or something. Aww. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you again, Anne. This was so much fun. It's yeah, it's been too long <laughs> since we've chatted. And just remind everyone one more time where's the best place where they can find you online? Probably my home base at my blog, modernmrsdarcy.com. Awesome. Thanks, Anne. All right, thank you. Before you go, I would love it so much if you would take just a minute to leave Brilliant Business Moms a rating and review. You know, it sounds like a silly thing to ask for, but believe it or not, iTunes really looks at those rating and reviews in terms of where they rank our podcasts in search and in different podcast categories. So by simply taking a minute, telling us what you think of the show, it lets other brilliant business moms just like you find our podcast and they get to tune in every week. So you're doing not just us a favor, but you're doing a lot of other fabulous moms just like you a favor too. <laughs>